The FT. If you saw a friend of yours using a password manager or two-factor authentication in order to be more secure online, would you follow their example? What if the friend was a bit of a geek? Would that encourage you to take up their habits? As an increasing number of data breaches and hacks have shown over the last few years, we can ill afford to take issues of online security lightly. But what role do our friends play in our adoption of better online security measures? I'm Lisa Pollock, head of new projects for FT.com, and I'm joined today by Shavik Das, a researcher at Carnegie Mellon University, who's been studying the role of social influence in the adoption of online security features. Shavik, thanks for joining me. So I've been wondering. Do people change their online security behaviors according to what their friends do? People absolutely change their online security behaviors according to their friends. At least that's what my research shows. So in this study, we were interested in understanding what drives people towards adopting these more secure and privacy-preserving behaviors, such as you know adopting a pin on their smartphones or reviewing their privacy settings on social media. And what we found was that lots of social processes were really responsible for driving people towards these pro-security behaviors. For example, simply observing other people use something like Android's nine-dot authentication or lock screen was really influential in getting people to use those lock screens themselves. For example, some of our participants told us that they were, you know, just casually shoulder surfing and stalking other people on the subway, and happened to see that they were using this、uh, form of lock screen and decided that that looked kind of cool. Let me do it too. Then there's of course a whole other set of participants who reported that their friends playing pranks on them. Was a big reason that they upped their security game as well. For example, one participant mentioned that he was part of a fraternity at a university, and he left his phone unlocked one day and stepped out of the room for whatever reason. And his fraternity brothers、uh, took his phone, posted a Facebook status update about him liking Justin Bieber in you know the five minutes that he was gone. And after experiencing that, he really decided that you know it's about time I start locking my phone so that this can't happen to me. Wow, maybe I should go around the newsroom and see if I can tweet from some journalists' accounts about Justin Bieber and get our security a little bit better around here. The study of yours that first caught my attention was where you, you took this huge dataset on Facebook to look at what role people's friends played and what features they adopted. What was that dataset like? Yeah, so that dataset was basically whether or not. Your friend's adoption of a security tool on Facebook resulted in your own adoption of the security tools. So we got that data for about 1.5 million people on Facebook for three different security tools:、um, login notifications, login approvals, and trusted contacts. And then what we wanted to find out was: can we predict whether or not you're going to adopt a security tool based on the number? Of your friends who have adopted that tool themselves. That's really interesting, and I, I had to look into exactly what counted as these three security features. So, for the benefit of our listeners, so I think login notifications is where you get an email when your account is accessed, and then there's login approvals where you enter your password as normal, but then you need a, an additional code to log into, and that can be generated by an app on your phone, or it can be sent via text message. And then there's one that I have to admit the other two I knew about, but the third one I had never heard of, and this was trusted contacts, and that's where you nominate five of your friends, and if you ever get locked out of your account, so if your account gets hacked or something, your friends can help you regain access to your account. But yeah, that's absolutely right. You you describe those、uh, security features perfectly. 
So commonly the way it works with social influence for most things is that the more of your friends who do or use something, the more likely you are to do or use that thing yourself. But it turns out that that may not necessarily be true for security tools. And the best way to think about it is that the early adopters of any technology sort of determine whether or not that technology will diffuse widely or stay within like a niche group of people. And who are the early adopters of security tools? Well, they tend to be people who you would not typically consider to be trendsetters. They tend to be people with a lot of security expertise or people who others may consider paranoid, like why are you encrypting your mail about let's go get lunch, who are you afraid of? So I'm not people... paranoid, but they're definitely, they're going to get me. Yeah, right. <laughs> so people outside of these early adopters who use security tools, they tend to sort of perceive that security tools are not really meant for them, because the only people they see using these tools are security experts or people who they perceive as paranoid. And hey, if I'm not paranoid, why would I be using the same tools that the paranoid person uses? In other words, the security savvy or security desiring early adopters of security tools may actually disenfranchise the use of those security tools. And this effect can only really be overcome when people see enough evidence to the contrary. In other words, when you see people who you perceive are like you, not paranoid, not security experts, use those tools themselves. And... For the punchline, it turned out that people like me who like our security features are potentially turning people off? Well, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. We found that social influence can have a very different effect across these three different security tools. One of the security tools, login notifications. For this tool, social influence had a persistently negative effect on adoption, even for people who had many friends who already used it. In other words, this tools certainly does experience this disenfranchisement associated with the early adopters. For the other tools, though, for login approvals, we saw exactly what we predicted, which is that social influence had a negative effect initially when people only had a few friends who used the tool. But it had a positive effect and a strong positive effect for people who had many friends who used the tool. For the last tool we studied, Trusted Contacts, we saw the exact opposite of what we saw for login notification. Social influence had a persistently positive effect, even for people who had very few friends who used the tool. Why do you think you saw this difference between these security features? Well, that's a great question. And my working theory is that it comes down to at least these two design dimensions that are traditionally not considered in creating security tools. And that's observability and social inclusiveness. Now, Trusted Contacts, which is the tool that was very positively affected by social influence, is highly observable and socially inclusive. And what I mean by that is that when you use it, as you said, Lisa, you specify friends who can help you stay secure. This is a signal of trust and not paranoia. They can both observe that you are using this new security tool, so they come to know about it themselves, and they feel that you are doing this not to hide something from them, but from the many bad guys that are out there on the internet. This combination, observability and social inclusiveness, can only help tools like trusted contacts spread through social channels, whereas invisible tools like login notifications that do not draw in friends in the process of providing you with security are generally not amenable to these sorts of forms of social spread. Interesting. Well, definitely worth keeping in mind for those companies trying to keep us safe. Thank you, Shavik, for joining us. 
To read my column on this topic, go to ft.com forward slash how not to geek, all as one word. And thanks for listening. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.